I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble. Standing up and speaking out, here's Hal Sparks. I, I have to be completely honest, uh, as you know, I always am. Um, well, I mean, within reason. I think there's a value to sort of like, you know, the anti-TMI movement wasn't completely wrong. Um, so honesty in and of itself has got value, but at the same time uh, can be overdone. Um, but I, uh, I thought that I was overworked this week because I um, this tonight is sexy liberal, the uh, the virtual show. Um, it the tickets are available at sexyliberal.com in the tour section. It's going to be a good show. I I, I literally have ha- I think I had what, nine nine different wigs on. I still smell vaguely of spirit gum. I know that even much as I showered and that kind of stuff, like parts of it just get in your sideburns a little bit and just it's going to take a little while. Oh, indeed I am. Um, because I had to make some of my own. Because some of the characters... That's exactly why I was in a ponytail on my live stream the other day. And thank you for noticing. Everybody thinks I'm getting a haircut. You can always tell the rumors about me getting my haircut off always happen around the you know the week before Sexy Liberal. And the reason is because I have my hair in a ponytail at least twice um, leading that up. But my point was is that <clears throat> in the bum rush to do the sexy liberal show tonight and keep it as current as possible based on stuff that's going on. And, you know, even though I, I could do a character, let's say that's been around for a little bit. Um, but I want to make jokes about what's actually happening. And with the leading up to the inaugural. Yeah. Oh yeah. How he's missing, but not really missing. Um, but, but it's, it's right up to the minute. And, yeah, it is. Uh, um, although it isn't. It's very hard to pull that off. You can't just, you know. But anyways, so over the course of the week, I have been pulling some really heavy-duty, odd sleeping hours and getting up and then editing and shooting and going. Like, all of us at the Sexy Liberal Comedy Show, like, the the week especially before the show, we are burning the candle at both ends and trying to light the middle. And... Well, part of it is effort because of desire. The other half is because we're alone. I, I, I have, and I have really high goals for my sketches. I, you know, I, you know, I get an idea. It involves a spaceship, but not one you can just kind of like, you know, buy stock footage of. I'm like, can I make a spaceship shaped like a T that's gold? And, you know, like, and then I'm like, all right, just get the funny part done and then work backwards to the special effects, that kind of thing. And so, I, yeah, and and the one person and the one person on our team that we, you know, used to joke about being a Luddite in person. Now they we have to experience their lack of technical expertise in person, you know, as it's happening, as it, you know, as opposed to a punchline about how they had trouble at the store on the way into the studio. There is no studio. Yeah. So we've dealt with this. No, it isn't. Uh, the potential for it is acute aside. Um, so over the you know, over the last week, especially um, I slept all of, I think, two hours last night and I slept, you know, three hours spotty 
on on Thursday night into Friday, basically, like naps while things were rendering, that kind of stuff. And then they don't work out and you're like, oh, what stopped it? And you wake up and fix it. And it's the, it's a it's a it's a crazy process. However, I was about to, like, pat myself on the back and feel accomplished this week until I saw the list of Joe Biden executive orders. The man is 78 years old, hit the ground running, came in there. And for all the pomp and circumstance that the orange one would make every time he signed a piece of paper, every single one had to have its own, you know, handing out of markers and staying on wagging it back and forth. And this whole big, even though he had had no idea what it was about, he just liked the title and how it made him look. And the the most stunning thing, I think, of all and Peter Navarro and others in the in in. Uh, former President Trump's cabinet uh, um, often would say we we're going to fill in the details on that executive order um, very soon, meaning that he was signing things that were not executable. They were executive orders with no with a generalized thought to them. Uh, oh, I see. That's why. Wink. Uh, one check one two, check one two. Yep, now they can hear you. I guarantee it. Okay. I guarantee. Beg your pardon. Uh, excellent. So I was, we were talking, Johnny and I. We'll backtrack a little yeah. bit for those of the folks <laughs> in Chicago right. who are watching on stream. That um, that the the amount of work that we do on the sexy liberal show is is a lot, but the the it is in three days. Um, Joe Biden signed. Um, as I think 30 executive orders. Yeah, I think so it's up far. to 30 now. Yeah. Um, I, just the list of 17 that were put out the first day is an extraordinary act of preparation and shows what happens when you go, we have a target date ahead of us. Yep. We know certain circumstances will exist on said target date. We also know that outlying details may show up between now and said target date. But we can write something up to deal with details we know will happen on said target date and take into account as we go along up until said target date the new information coming in just normal adult stuff johnny and i were talking before the show about how i feel like we're all like glad to be back in the carter administration on a certain level where there's like where you just took competency for granted now the problem was we did too much and and people now know that Jimmy Carter is a is a is one of the greatest human beings and the only president truly deserving of his like uh, own like statue as an individual you know and you know I think Obama qualifies yeah, yeah, yeah. but certainly we'll know in you know if if uh, if Obama's out there you know like stapling insulation into frames you know when he's ninety nine years old you know. You know, <laughs> we'll know, and I have no doubt he will be. Um, but um, but seriously, just those. having somebody in the yeah. driver's seat, yes, who you can tell planned for his first hundred days in office, yeah, way longer than Trump planned um, how to be crappy to him on the way out the door, yeah. Yeah, just like firing did. all the butlers and sending them home, and and all the little slights that he did to the Biden family. 
Right, exactly. Especially after all the talk of uh, how allegedly the, uh, the you know the Obamas wrecked things on their way out the door, which is a rehash of the Clintons wrecked things on their way out the door story that the Republicans always use. Now they're just the irony is that they're proud of yep. that behavior. That's that I, that I think is probably the only residual aspect of of this wave of you know the the Maganese, whatever their uh, nationality is right now, um, is the the searing pride they have in being the lowest form of person they can be. I don't get it. I don't either. And, like, and there was there was maybe something yeah. in me between ages eleven and a half and twelve where I just wanted to be a piece a of ass, yeah. but like yeah. that. It caught up to me. My conscience caught up to me. Right. Yes. Um, that's uh, no. No one expects that to happen with this crowd very soon. When I come no. back um, after this break uh, with Johnny Million uh, at Johnny Million um, One on Twitter, if you want to follow him, Johnny Million One. Johnny Million One. Um, we're gonna. I'm just gonna go through some of these executive orders, and and if anybody feels like the being in the but he hasn't. But there's not a. But how come on on the on the left side of the spectrum for the next four years they they can sit down yep. they, I'm, I'm speaking genuinely now um, the, the whole um, the clamoring that got us Trump that made people stay home and take for granted what a functioning democracy looks like um, that, that has to go if you have something to contribute we're all for it but if you're you know if you're already in take your ball and go home mode Maybe it's not the political parties that are your problem. Right. Maybe, just maybe, you have more in common with the, ma- uh, with, the, with the manganese than you'd like to admit. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Now would be a good time to go to your browser, open up sexyliberal.com, and go to the tour section and get your ticket for tonight, because I worked very hard on this this week. Okay? Okay? I still smell like spirit gum. Buy a ticket. See the show. It's a be fun. All right, we'll be back. Now let's get back with Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Good morning, everybody, and uh, those of you just joining us on the stream. Um, we were, uh, for some reason or whatever, uh, Restream was giving me a little offline error, and, every, and I had to turn the, uh, basically I had to flip the, the breakers, <laughs> and, it, and it finally came on, so that's good. And here we are. Tonight, sexyliberal.com slash tour, go to get your tickets. Uh, the show's going to be a lot of fun. Now, like I said... I, I I thought I did a lot of work this week, but uh, Joe Biden came in ready to roll, throwing down immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, start starting with um, I mean, in in no particular order. I guess I guess we could go through um, in in the reverse order of signing. Um, Biden issued a memorandum ordering the director of the Office of Management and Budget to work with other officials to produce, quote, a set of recommendations for improving and modernizing regulatory review. These recommendations should provide concrete suggestions on how the regulatory process can help promote public health and safety, economic growth, social welfare, racial justice, environmental stewardship, human dignity, equity, and the interests of future generations. Um, including all those things. Did you, notice that, did you notice that economic growth was in there with racial justice and equity like you can it's not possible actually yeah you you don't have to hit those things those those cannot they can't coexist um the 
the executive order requiring an ethics pledge that everyone has mm. to sign. A binding ethics pledge. Mm-hmm. What? What? All government employee, employees will have to sign an ethics pledge I, according to one of the I'm new sorry, executive Hal, orders. That, I think okay. that says NDA. Yeah, right. I think, <laughs> I think, I think it's a non-disclosure agreement, and I, we all know I what think, that really is. I, yeah. Um, uh, I think you have PTSD, pro, post-Trump stress disorder. But um, seriously, that's exactly the opposite of what people have to sign to get into the Trump administration. That's right. The, the wording is, I commit to ethical choices of post-government employing that, employment that do not raise appearances that I've used my government service for private gain, including my use of confidential information acquired in relationships established for the benefit of future clients. Um, and, and they can hold them to that later. There you go. Executive order barring discrimination based on gender identity or sexual orientation. Um, a, an executive order to promote racial e- equity. Um, uh, memorandum reinstating de- deportation protections for Liberian immigrants, which is such a specific thing that Trump targeted so grossly, and it, like it's so narrowly focused because it had to fix something that was so narrowly focused. An executive order to revoke Trump's strict immigration policies, um, and including a moratorium on uh, on deportations for 100 days. Executive order mandating undocumented immigrants be counted in the census. Executive order ending Trump's travel bans, a memorandum uh, strengthening the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, the DACA program, a proclamation cutting off funding for the border wall, executive order revoking, and this was the biggie, I think, for a lot of people. This is the biggie. I know what you're going to say. Permit for the Keystone Pipeline. That uh, and stopping oil and pausing gas leasing in the Arctic Refuge. uh, That and the Paris Accord. Yes, and, and rejoining the Paris Accord. And the executive order extending a pause on student loan payments through September. Um, executive order extending moratorium on evictions and foreclosures. An executive order reversing the U.S. withdrawal from the World Health Organization. And immediately, uh, uh, we know, know uh, thank you, Hal Vickery. Um, for anybody for, uh, who hasn't seen Dr. Fauci's uh, victory Maddow. Oh man, it's amazing! This is everywhere. Even like the press conference immediately following, right. he, like he always says, "I take no pleasure in criticizing the position of the presidency." But let me just say, this is a very different administration. Yeah, well, and that's it is simply by him being able to speak, and that yep. in and of itself points to how deep and 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 divisive the problem actually was um an executive order on mask wearing on federal property um Uh. and then an executive order establishing the position of a coordinator for the covid19 response that was uh jeff zeintz uh will fill that role in a move democrats and other trump critics uh as said is long overdue um in coordinating a federal response that was day one Yep. Day two, directive to increase support for international pandemic response efforts, executive order huh. to create a co- uh, coronavirus testing board for uh, treatment, for expanding treatments and for um, guiding any new um, uh, either vaccines or other treatments uh, in, in coordination. Executive order to boost protections for workers in the workplace, um, you know, obviously putting his pro-union stamp on things right away. Executive order directing guidance to state and local governments on how to reopen schools, not forcing them to reopen, 
giving them guidance on how they should and the standards by which they should meet to keep everyone as safe as possible as they open schools because as vaccines roll out as the more uh, you know susceptible in society are receiving the vaccine schools will start to open so don't just decide oh well the vaccine's out there and start have a pro- have a plan a progressive plan that moves in stages and that's what he's providing them with executive order to mitigate inequities caused or exacerbated by covid-19 executive order on ensuring strength and of the national supply chain um specifically it also empowers them to take appropriate action using all available legal authorities including the defense production act to fill any shortfalls that they find men which is basically a tacit order for the the use of the defense production act uh, for every element, uh, whether it's PPE or uh, you know creating syringes or production of the vaccine itself or production perhaps even of pharmaceuticals that are used in treatments if the companies that make those pharmaceuticals cannot or will not produce enough of that of said you know uh, fish tank cleaner. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's not, there's no mention of of taking drinking bleach or putting a light huh? bulb up your bum. What about a, like a nice bright light? No. Nope, no, 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 like um, trying to get the sun on your lungs, you know, <laughs> using a potato peeler and a couple of friends with a rib spreader. Um, executive order to boost reliance on data in the administration's uh, okay. coronavirus response. All right, now they're just being rude. <laughs> <laughs> executive order That's to exactly bolster. That's like what, what Dr. Fauci yes. was talking about last night on Matto. He had like right. 35 of her 45 minutes all to himself. Yeah. Like, and half uh, of it was please. like, I wanted to talk to you for so long. <laughs> I know. It was adorable. Um, uh, executive order to bolster access to treatments for COVID-19. That's in line with the other one as well. Um, um, executive order mandating masks on various modes of transportation, meaning you know any kind of like Amtrak or anything that gets federal subsidies to exist, uh, major U.S. airlines, um, because TSA is a part of that and the government and how airports function. If you want to fly without a mask, you can always get a private, you can charter a private jet just to be a jerk. Um, so that in and of itself is, you know, like these are normal like, again, normal behaviors that seem extraordinary because of the situation yes. that we've been. Uh, um, executive order establishing the coordination of, quote, benefit delivery teams. Biden signed an executive order on uh, directing the formation of a network of benefit delivery teams that would work across state and federal agencies to expedite the delivery of federal aid during the coronavirus, uh, coronavirus pandemic. The idea is that you know that whole thing about America is not a shipping clerk? Well, not only are we now a shipping clerk, we're Amazon delivery. We're, we're door America's delivery. With clerk? Trump. He was like, that's when he said the states up to the states. The states should have had their own, you know, they should have had their own ventilators. They should have had their own stockpiles. Like just abdicating everything about being the head of the federal government. If you don't want the job, don't take the job. Oh, you know, and, and, and Biden clearly wants the new job, you know, and wants to do it. Wants, you know, instead of just 
There are people, I think, who come to the presidency through ego. And then there are also people who genuinely, and I think Carter was one of them actually, and I think people are recognizing that now, that come to it through an abiding sense of service or, yep. or thinking that they can facilitate a much-needed change that has to exist. You know, that they might be the conduit by which that change happens in a good way. Um, and and I, certainly Obama was that way. And and the idea that everybody who t- takes or seeks the presidency is just a, simply a flat-out egomaniac, I think is... And it falls into the same zone that comedians fall into. The idea that uh, all comedians are broken inside and need the reassurance of audiences to make themselves feel whole. Well, I and Jerry Seinfeld and a few others will tell you that, no, some of us just recognize that... Comedy in and of itself has value to society, and you can provide a value for a service you're good at and make a living off of it. That's that's a that's a career path. And that if you really do it well, that, you know, the size of your audience and the reach is indicative of how well you're doing it. Basically, it's that that's all it is. A recognition. OK, I'm I'm touching on something that makes a lot of people laugh as opposed to a, a smaller segment of society. Neither are wrong, but they're part of it. And they're just indicators. So it's not that look at this crowd tonight is about me. It's look at this crowd tonight. I've got it. I think I've, I'm on to something. And I think Biden, like Carter, and I think like Obama, is very much, uh, in, in our, unarguably, that kind of a human being. Um, I have to agree. Yeah. So, uh, um, executive order allowing workers to turn down work during the coronavirus. A lot of people who are getting unemployment, uh, there's still that little checkbox that says, you, uh, you, did you turn down any work? Well, yeah. Because I, if I go in a crowd of people and, and I work in an industry, especially or in an area where I normally work, but those people are not taking this seriously, I may die. I work at a meatpacking yep. plant. That's your living. And then, you know, you're in a state like Montana or Wyoming or Arkansas, and there's a lot of bosses there taking bets on who dies from COVID. And and your your UI form says, did you turn down work? They offered to bring you in. Like, yeah. I turn down work so I don't die working yeah, temporarily. The ding band are still playing shows, and it drives me crazy. They're like, oh, yeah, it, how do you feel about it now, Johnny? And I'm like, no, people are dying. Yeah, yeah it's not, it, and it's getting worse because people are forgetting that it's uh, as bad as it is. We've got to take a break. We, we literally went through that whole segment, and we're not, we didn't even get through, but maybe half of us. Wow. Yeah, we'll be back right after this. It's the House Parts Radio program, Mega Worldwide, on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPTA20.com. Picture your face in the mirror. You see all those wrinkles around your eyes? How about crow's feet or large under-eye bags? Well, imagine they're gone. And I'm not talking about some risky, expensive surgery. Just gone in minutes. It's called Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags in a minute. It's, it's the edge you're looking for. Simply put, you'll be blown away by the results. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself out at work or with friends. The best part is Plexiderm goes on clear so nobody knows you're using it, unless, of course, you tell them, which is sort of bragging. Go to triplexiderm.com and use my code SEXYLIBERAL for 50% off plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 
$1,000 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning code SEXYLIBERAL. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit triplexiderm.com today and use the code SEXYLIBERAL at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com. This is Doris Davenport, host of the Doris Davenport Show, all local, all the time. Now let's get back to Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Now I realize some of you that maybe uh, during the break who regularly listen, who are leaning on the side of uh, you know the, the 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 red side of the spectrum, may not believe me with all these executive orders and the stories because um, at no point did Joe Biden come out and brag about every single one of them as if. They were reinventing the wheel, and yeah. he had no one had ever been able to do these things. And many people had tried, but he was the first one. And he was told by a lot of very important, powerful people in very powerful and beautiful ways that he was powerful and beautiful for having done these things. I don't know how we're ever going to get our news if you know that if if John Barron isn't there to tell us himself in person how great is you know. Harvey Dent is so um, and the reason I bring that up is because um, Biden signed an executive order easing easing delivery of direct stimulus payments he's asking the Treasury Department to uh, implicate a series of actions to expand and improve delivery of economic impact uh, payments including setting up an online portal Americans can use to claim their checks meaning you can go on there like you know Instead of having to go simply by when you filed for you know, your taxes, because a lot of people who didn't file or don't make enough money for a refund anyways and skip filing because they're just scrab- you know, scrambling by, aren't getting stimulus checks. And they're the people who need it the most. It is the it is one of the single things that created the 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 eviction crisis in the first place. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, and, and the reason I, I also was like, it, it, the stunning difference, just it's shocking, is he signed an executive order assisting veterans with debt. Um, on Friday, he signed, he asked the Veterans Affairs Department to mull a pause on federal collections on overpayments and debts from about two million veterans. Meaning that, you know, some vets had gotten extra benefits. Um, and the uh, and the government goes, oh, we gave you too much money, and we got to make you repay it. Uh, he's going, well, maybe they have to repay it at some point, but they sure as heck don't have to now, because we may end up being in a situation where they they are no longer overpaid. You know what I mean? There's a point where, yeah. like, they may have been overpaid six years ago, and they're being asked to pay this money back, and it's hard for them because they're living on whatever they're doing, and it, the VA might have been bugging them about it. Well, knock it off, because... Some of them, while they may have been overpaid by 2015 standards, they might desperately need that money now. And it may be when we look at the books after COVID happened that the, that these guys don't need to re- repay anything because that effectively was, a, you know, leaving them alone is in and of itself a, a form of stimulus. So it, that's why you put a pause on it and a reassess for almost two million veterans. Executive order directing government agencies to identify ways to mitigate the economic crisis. Biden signed an executive order directing all government departments and agencies to, quote, promptly identify actions they can take within existing authorities to address the current economic crisis resulting from the pandemic. How can you help? 
How can you make it easier on people? How can you draw down? Now, obviously, um, IRS, we're talking to you, or, or you know, VA, we're talking to you in that situation. But everybody, if you can come up with a way um, to ease that burden on people right now, do it. Yep. And, and there's no top-down approach. You, those departments know their areas. How can they help? Like, what what areas do they have where they can relax guidelines or tighten them in some ways to help more people you know who are struggling in in the areas of the government that they deal from agriculture hud all these kind of things um an executive order to expand food assistance another executive order uh friday seeks to expand it to low-income americans benefits uh from the pandemic electronic uh benefits transfer a program that helps families cover costs for food that children would normally get at school would increase by 15 percent and the supplemental nutrition assistance program snap formerly known as food stamps would also expand to include families that were previously deemed ineligible about 12 million people will now be covered under that program um, by the way, cue the chorus of more people went on food sn- stamps yeah, yeah, yeah. under Obama Biden than da, da, da. never mind the fact that both the president, the outgoing presidents in both their situations set up a situation where more people needed food stamps than any people in history. They're still Biden came out this week and said um, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And the response from the right was, you know. Uh, he's being pessimistic. What a bummer. Where's the optimistic America? Blah, blah, blah. Like realism in and of itself is suspect yeah. on their side. That That is kind of stunning to me. Now, um, obviously, and uh, by the way, Johnny Million's only going to be with us for the first hour. So I hope hopefully he can get through most of these. Yeah, we'll um, see. And, yeah. No, the, the, the last one... Um, was an executive order to protect the fed, uh, to pre- protect the federal worker protections. <laughs> Oddly <laughs> phrased one in here. Biden signed an executive order revoking regulations implemented during the Trump administration that rolled back protections for federal employees. Among the rules that were scrapped was an October regulation implemented by Trump that made it easier to hire and fire civil servants who work on policy. The order also directs officials to give Biden a report with recommendations to promote a $15 minimum uh, hour uh, per hour minimum wage for federal workers. So you start where you actually have authority and you work out from there. Exactly. Like an adult. Mm-hmm. The amount of adulting that happened during the last three days is it's surreal. It, it's it's it, and. It really is just it's a statement on uh, on two fronts. One is and and the, I would argue the only worrisome aspect of it is how um tenuous and uh and flimsy executive orders can be themselves. Right. That the undoing of them by another administration is the you know is done with such ease as Biden is showing us that this is why you you get legislation passed, right? And it's got to be legislation that is that is either reaches a, a consensus enough where if anybody on the other side attacks it 
in its, you know, in the next administration, it can withstand those attacks, which the ACA ultimately is. You will see over the next two years a shoring up of the ACA. And, and, a, and a way to replace the individual mandate with something else or another version of it, um, you know, that's done in support of, you know, the, the law itself to keep it flush so that people with pre-existing conditions can actually count on their, uh, their, their coverage staying instead of just lip service to that effect. But the reason why legislation and having a former senator in there who knows the Senate rules backwards and forwards and and can team up with both a an an old horse of the Senate in terms of Chuck Schumer and an, and a new one in terms of Kamala Harris who you know left the Senate to become VP both of them are very aware of the the words and structures and and rules that need to be used and implemented when passing things or getting things to the floor and through that and the the democrats are not fooling around in this they are not without going straight inverted trumpism they are they are asserting control that they have with with yeah. a, a a a verbal humility that honors the institution but without any Illusions that they would see the other side uh, coming, and I think the quote from Chuck Schumer—I don't know if you've heard that—where um, McConnell uh, requested language in the in the leadership agreement, in the new one that they're building for the Senate, which they do every time, mm-hmm. that that they put in new language that protects the filibuster. Oh, okay. For the for the term of the Senate. The and it would it would get it would sort of assess a, or attempt to guarantee. Thank you, Narui. Um, I think I'm pronouncing that right in the chat. Um, so, um, in in terms of this, um, McConnell wants them to guarantee that they're basically not going to scrap the filibuster and put it in the rules so that they can't something wording to protect it. And um, this was. Uh, Chuck Schumer's response. Same agreement. The last time that is precedent. Hold on. Let me rub. We have offered to abide by the same agreement. The last time there was a 50-50 Senate. What's fair is fair. That is precedent. We could organize the Senate today if both sides agreed to abide by the same rules as last time. The Republican leader, however, has made an extraneous demand that would place additional constraints on the majority. Whoops. Sorry. Constraints that have never been in place before. In fact, his proposal would remove a tool that the Republican leader himself used twice in just the last Congress to accelerate the confirmation of Republican nominees. Leader McConnell's proposal sorry, Leader McConnell's proposal is unacceptable and it won't be accepted. And the Republican leader knew that when he first proposed it. Only two days ago, Mr. President, we celebrated the inauguration of a new president and the turning over of a new leaf. The American people want us to work together and move past the meaningless political fights and gridlock that have plagued us for too long. It's time to get to work. The first step is for the Republican caucus to agree to follow the same precedent that governed the Senate last time around. The, literally, the, the argument that Mitch McConnell 
was doing was that now that we're in the minority, we mm-hmm. want extraordinary relief and protection from the majority in this regard. Even though we're it's fifty fifty, kids. It's a it's a coin toss um, and, unless the vice president steps in. Now, uh, there is no way that bills are not coming to the floor. The ones that have just been stalled by Mitch McConnell. The the it is it is zombie legislation. Uh, it's day of the zomb- of the dead legislation right now. And all of these things are going to get either their time in committee for you know a a revival of of whatever terms were being presented at the time before they were scuttled because things update and over time there's a lot of legislative and material work that goes into a bill that now like even when you just go we got to change the dates require certain votes and the like a lot of bills that are passed are almost entirely single word modifications from Ooh. we will switch the word but to and in paragraph <laughs> 7 like there's that's a lot of quit it that's a lot of legislation that goes that way um but but what Mitch McConnell is asking for is something he denied Democrats last time, specifically and overtly denied it. And um, the the idea that they they should be granted this, when you reflect on their actual behavior, is in and of itself uh, reason to ignore it. Never never mind the fact that they're being, of course, hypocritical about that standard. But the but the reality is that we just looked at. And we're going to talk about it uh, next hour a little bit, and we've got to take a break right now. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about that story that came out in the New York Times uh, yesterday that is mind-blowing if it's not completely expected in terms of what Trump was doing trying to stop the election, messing around <sighs> in the legal world. And I, I have a description of it, and I'm curious if if it fits other folks' description of just the way the news talks about it. It has, I, it, well, we'll talk about it when we come back. It's Alice Mark Trader, your program, Mega Worldwide. Now with 100% more Johnny Million at Johnny Million One. We'll be back right after this. Eisier, that is A I S I E R. What is it? Luxurious modern sleepwear for the independent woman. Their sleepwear is made from 100% washable silk. Silk is known to reduce skin surface moisture loss and limit skin irritation. Best of all, it's comfortable, so lightweight, it feels like a second skin. It'll keep you warm in the winter and cool in the summer with a fabric that loves your skin all year round. And in every type of weather, wearing silk to sleep is simply therapy at night. Izier is owned by an amazing woman, a single mom. Their products are made right here in California. You can feel good about supporting a small business delivering high-quality products. Now is the perfect time. Treat yourself or a loved one to something extra special to sleep and lounge in during Izier's Valentine's sale. Go to shopizier.com slash discount slash Stephanie. Use the discount code Stephanie, 10% off your order. That's shop, A-I-S-I-E-R.com slash discount slash Stephanie. Use that code Stephanie for 10% off your order. You're listening to House Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Um, so th- I-, I think, you know, yeah, I suppose we could talk about the fact that <clears throat> uh, Trump tried to insert a loyalist in the Department of Justice hmm. um, to, you know, to scuttle 
the the Georgia electoral votes so that he could steal them back, and and he was threatening to um, literally fire someone in the week before the the votes were counted, right before the, the week of the sixth, and and, ins- and insert this guy Jeffrey Clark in, who'd been basically working with. Sidney Powell and and Rudy Giuliani on and watching all of their videos and came away with I think I've got a plan to you know and I believe all this stuff this that we could talk about that um, but then could we talk about the uh, the idea that the my pillow guy is suing a British tabloid for um, a story that he was dating Jan Krakowski. Now, how weird is that? Uh, Yeah. And he says that it lowers his standing as a Christian. Is he married or something? I don't don't know. Is he? I don't know. Why would it lower his standards? I mean, she seems like a nice lady. Yeah, uh, yeah, all of and and arguably, I would say she's got a defamation case against him that would, yeah, on his insistence that dating her somehow would make him less Christian. And she's like, she she said that never happened. It's a lie, and she would rather date Kermit the Frog. But yeah, who wouldn't? I mean, honestly, he's oh, all soft. On. I've always had it for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's. He, I'm if I'm going to frog cross on anybody, it's going to be Kermit. Well, and I, I was about to make a where the hand goes joke, and I just I cannot make myself. Which, do it. which is my least Don't. favorite Shel nope. Silverstein book. Yeah, where the, where the, where the hand goes. Yeah, where the sidewalk yeah. ends. Where the hand goes. The hand goes. That was terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, where the ice cream w- was. Uh, <laughs> why there's no ca- why there's no candy in the van. I think it's, it's part of that series. Um, so, and uh, you, get, you have to understand that this is um, that guy. By the way, Steve. Uh, or sorry, uh, the, Jeffrey Clark, the, the Justice Department attorney who you know was working to do this and that he was going to replace Rosen with at the DOJ to try and force through this idea. And it's the same week he was calling the the Georgia Secretary of State and trying to talk him that recorded conversation, talk him into finding him. Guys, I need to find eleven thousand votes. That whole conversation. This all happened in the week before. Which, by the way, Georgia is looking into whether they can file charges against him for trying to, uh, you know, as as an American, attack their electoral integrity and keep their votes from being counted, which is a violation of their sovereignty as a state and their and and their constitution internally and the constitution in general. They have constitutional protections against someone in power doing that to them as a state. And we now know he did that. Um, in a way that was illegal. So this case, the, the Jeffrey Clark part of it, is now a part of the investigation in Georgia that has to do with the the uh, the phone call that he made to Raffensperger. Jeffrey Clark was also um, a part, it played a leading role in the uh, bringing the DOJ to the president's defense in the defamation case um, that... E. Jean Carroll is pursuing against the president. E. Jean Carroll is one is one of Trump's alleged sexual assault victims. She has, a, a, you know, shades of the 90s. She has a, a clothing that she alleges has DNA on it that she uh, wants to bring to court. Apparently, 
statute of limitations being what they are, she can't legally, um, mm-hmm. he can't be charged with the sexual assault now because too much time passed mm-hmm. and she was not able to get anyone to act on it back then. But since he called her a liar and defamed her, that evidence works in a civil lawsuit against him for defamation. Oopsies. And Trump and Trump turned the DOJ loose on her to try and stop. Um, New York Times reported Friday that Clark and Donald Trump had hatched a plan to push out acting Attorney General Jeff Rosen in order to cast doubt on the results of the presidential election in Georgia. Um, according to federal court filings, Clark also served as one of the lead attorneys for Trump in the suit filed against him uh, by E. Jean Carroll, an advice columnist who accused him of defamation and sexual assault. The defamation she's accusing him about is where he called her a liar and that and and mocked the, whether she was attractive enough to sexually assault because that's just the kind of guy he is. Trump has denied Carol's claim that he raped her in a Manhattan department store decades ago. Um, she claims she has evidence. She wants to go forward. He got he couldn't get his own attorneys to stop it um, because for the same reason that uh, that um, Bill Clinton had to be, you know, could be deposed. So he decided to weaponize the DOJ and stop her, you know, from being able to depose him in that case, which he can't now. That's done no matter what. And his attorneys have no reason that for not being, you know, for blocking that currently. Being president was his one reason. He's not anymore. That's that. But this case, there, I mean, there are two tracks leading up to what's, what's really frightening about what Trump attempted in the week leading up to the 6th. Obviously, the the talk of him busting norms and trying to use the DOJ to weaponize them and calling Raffensperger, honest to God, as 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 much pearl clutching is going on in the the Beltway media and the New York media about that because of how violently it attacks norms. The they use a lot of language within it because it's an attack on norms that has um, uh, cheers Johnny Million has to leave us uh, peace and be wild uh, don't put out there we go hold on dink, dink, dink. there we go um, that there are so many elements um, to how things should normally run there's so much mechanic to how the president should ask for a, an independent counsel or who should be in that chain and who the just the normal functionings of government that you could literally write articles just checking off all the things that weren't done or that were attempted to be done that are in a violation of those things and that's your article so in the writing of it it is almost like the slow motion description if you did a bullet time description of a bull in a china shop where you know second by second is happening incredibly slowly but you are doing it from the idea that somehow the bull belongs in the china shop you know they they're in the china shop they must belong there and so all the descriptions of what Trump did in terms of trying to get the DOJ to back him and asking for loyalists to go to someone else and and you know pressuring people to do this and all the it's almost Nixonian in the language because Nixon actually had a you know he had an idea of how things work Trump actually if you read the articles themselves it 
reeks of incompetence as much as it does criminality. And again, I've said this before, but we're incredibly lucky as a country that all of these horrible things were tried by an absolute failure. That that Donald Trump was successful at upending our democratic processes as he was at ruining the you know gambling in Atlantic City. Was there a hitch in it? Did it you know is there a building that has to be blown up now and and cleared out so somebody else can develop something? Yeah, it's a hassle. It's you know comparatively it isn't what you'd want done. But ultimately in the in the greater scheme of things, it's not leaving a mark. It's leaving an awareness, like, yeah, don't do that. No, there was a guy who tried that before. He didn't do very well. That's, I mean, that is effectively the best thing that came out of the fact that it was Trump trying to pull these things off and that he had no Dick Cheney in his pocket. One of the worst things about the George W. Bush presidency and the horrors of, of black sites and torture and all that stuff was that as much as George W. Bush could could have a, a, I guess, present the idea of plausible deniability himself out of a form of ignorance as, you know, seen in many ways as kind of a um, a cocaine flyboy from the National Guard. And, you know, he is, he's just the guy you'd want to have a beer with. And he's just kind of down home. And he's just, you know, he, he's going to go down to Texas and clear brush like Reagan. You know, he's just somebody you can hang with. Um, was relatively true compared to the fact that Dick Cheney was in the sidecar. And Dick Cheney was absolutely functioning as a, as a puppet master in all these circumstances. He had a goal within the government, both of personal enrichment with his uh, no-bid contracts for Halliburton, and also his, his absolutely violent attitude towards uh, the war on terror and the control of Middle Eastern oil and and how to weaponize 9-11 for both financial and political benefit for him and his party. We are one of the reasons why we dodged a bullet in the Trump presidency was because he's an incompetent and Mike Pence is no Dick Cheney. It's a it's a huge and you can see it descriptions. We'll talk about that when we come back. It's the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Halsparks Live if you want to watch the live stream or go to twitch.tv slash Sparks and subscribe on Amazon Prime. We'll be back. So currently um, Alexei Navalny, if uh, those of you that don't know, I, uh, I'm he's one of the few people that I follow on Twitter that I have to use uh, the the translate feature on it. But he is um, a leader of the you know the sort of Russian resistance against Vladimir Putin, who has become increasingly um, isolated due to uh, his own fear of catching COVID and allegedly him having Parkinson's, although reports about Russian leaders illnesses is, you know, is intrinsically difficult to, you know, to pace with reality simply because we never know if nearly anything coming out of Russia is legit as far as their information. Um, Especially when, you know, in the States, we're mostly relying on Sputnik and RT, which are, you know, obviously an arm of the, 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 not beyond even the Russian administration, the Russian military in a lot of ways. So 
this, you know, everyone was concerned that Navalny, after being poisoned, you know, uh, sprayed with a chemical dye that turned his skin green, all these horrible things that have been done, the man showed a level of bravery um, that is extraordinary in modern times. In that he got on a plane after he survived being poisoned by directly by Putin's uh, FSB, essentially, got on a plane and flew back and they took him in. They diverted his plane and then just took him into custody. And uh, now he's in prison. And there are huge, uh, massive support protests for Alexei Navalny. And those kind, I mean, I want to contrast. What we saw at, at, you know, in terms of the, the march to, to get Alexei Navalny out of jail for simply being an opposition leader and the people in Russia and what they are in danger of experiencing person to person as far as political violence, physical violence from cops there um, being hunted down by the, you know, their own version of, uh, you know, by the FSB. After the fact, for simply wanting that person let out of jail, and then contrast that with the you know the maggots and Trumpsters who literally wanted to stop the normal functions of our government, not to get Trump out of jail because he's some sort of political president, you know you know pr- political prisoner um, uh, who they still see as president, but someone who lost the election but doesn't want to give up the power. The distinct difference between what those people are standing up for and what the what the maggots stood up for um, is could not be more stark. And it is amazing right now to see the number of of Russian citizens standing up to to Vladimir Putin and wanting to help Alexei Navalny, you know, get out of jail. That aligns it much more with what you see as sort of the, the women's march and other marches that started at the beginning of Trump's presidency when they recognized that this was a, you know, a reality they had to deal with. Um, so the, you know, the idea that, you know, these folks, what they're doing right now, I think are deserve our, our utmost respect as Americans. And, um, and I think a lot of us um, are very concerned about, you know the the repercussions afterwards, but the Russian people themselves and Navalny um, himself seem uh, resolute that this is a turning point for them as well. And if it could be that Russia once again becomes a functioning country that you know does more than fatten its oligarchs with oil money and become effectively a, a a northern white version of the you know of the middle eastern power structure that's caused so much damage to the you know the the iranian people and and the iraqis um over the course of the last 50 years um we could be looking at an inflection point in a very positive way um so that that in and of itself is is extraordinary um meanwhile you've got you know supporters of the pre- of of uh, of Trump um, wanting to say that, you know, this was really uh, Antifa. This was really other people that instigated these things. Our people just got caught up in the violence. Our people weren't there. There were Antifa people in there doing damage. And so our folks just came in and walked around. 
Well, for the record, um, Officer Sicknick was killed by a Trump supporter. For the record, the the other fellow that they arrested who uh, threw a fire extinguisher at a cop and hit him in the head and it hit two other cops, that, that guy is a longtime Trump supporter. The woman who was trampled to death was not trampled to death while she carried her don't tread on me flag by um, a random group of Antifa who were there to act as spoilers. She was trampled to death by the mass of Trump supporters who backed up those people. The idea that somehow there's a defense in we some of those people were Antifa, but we just followed them into battle is in is an abdication of uh, any kind of moral argument so as to be sickening. That that is the defense point. That's how you defend yourself. That's what you're saying. That's your excuse for your behavior on that day is that there were other people there. We believe we don't have any in custody. We, you know, we don't. We, none of those people actually went any further. That all the people who, you know, took over the Senate chamber, the girl who was actually shot, um, w- who tried to breach the glass and go through the window, who was killed entering an area because they weren't through clearing out those folks. The guys who chased Officer Eugene Goodman up the steps weren't Antifa. That I mean that that level of uh, abdication of of morality and honesty and responsibility is embarrassing in and of itself. The uh, and and how much of it have we heard over the last couple of weeks that it would have worked out if only Republicans had been stronger? That they're just too weak. That this is that they're weak and they can't get it together. This is what you're hearing from Glenn Beck. This is what you're hearing from Rudy Giuliani. This is what uh, Trump is allegedly griping about at Mar-a-Lago at this very moment as he as he predicts eventually he's going to come up with the Patriot Party, the Patriot Party. That's what he's that's what he's you know going to call his party, the Patriot Party, as if only conservatives are patriots, or I, spe- I suppose only the MAGA wing of the conservative wing of the Republican Party or Patriots is an abs- I mean, it's an absurdity, especially considering um, that the first act of the Patriot Party was an attack on the normal functions of democracy. The, the least patriotic thing you can do is attacking our functioning democracy. The this is but but in all honesty, this is the only fallback that they have, because As more evidence comes out, as more video comes out, as more people are being caught and arrested, as these people filmed themselves attacking the Capitol. We know for a fact that no one from Antifa built a gallows on the Capitol grounds. That was all MAGA. A gallows on the Capitol grounds. We know that the people who brought arms with them were were MAGA. We know people, we know for a fact who those people were as they get arrested. We also know who they came with, that they weren't accidentally one. Uh, yeah, sure, this guy had, you know, zip ties and a plan to shoot Mike Pence in the head on, on the floor of the Capitol. 
as a warning to the others. Sure, he was definitely, he had five years of MAGA posts because he'd been a Trump fan even before he was elected. He jumped right in. This was his dude. Even, yeah, we know him, but he was brought there. He was, it, it, you know, his, his getaway driver was Antifa and his friend was Antifa. Like the absurdity of this argument is, is so as to be embarrassing. It is ridiculous. And, and I look forward to the launch of the Patriot Party. I have no doubt that um, the four logos that they have presented will be uh, immediately trademarked by someone else, just like the original Space Force logo, and um, they'll end up having to, you know, <clears throat> use the Pepe the Frog meme. Probably already making flags with that on it anyways. Um, but if if your argument from a from the Republican side is... Our people, Trump supporters, conservatives, stormed the Capitol, not because of our own intrinsic desire to stop the steal, which is what you said, not because the president said we've got to take back our country with strength. No, no, we, we did it because, well, some other people were already smashing the windows and beating up cops, so we thought, just go in. Just Let's just go for it. The, the idea that you could get caught up in an insurrection... <laughs> is hardly an argument for your patriotism, one would say. The fact that you would even use the phrase revolution, that the folks that, you know, the, the, the right-wing journalists that were in there taking photos and, and of course, you know, photos of, of things that they shared with the entire world you know, and didn't redact any of the stuff that they were seeing in case it might show personal information and endanger lives or, or national secrets... All that, all that accidental, the, the world's dumbest spy stuff aside, they came in there calling themselves patriots and revolutionaries. Well, a revolution, as much as that word gets bandied about, and I think, you know, in many ways the word revolution in America has come to be, you know, uh, sort of the, uh, the six-minute abs of democracy, as I've said, that, you know, it's, it's a way of getting what you want quickly instead of, actually doing the work over time it's it's now a placeholder word for that revolution in and of itself is turning the the functioning of government the meaning of government the power structure of government on its head often reversing it if not restructuring it from you know from scratch i mean you even had people in there going uh, you know, while we're in here we might as well start a government let's sign some stuff right so if anybody is looking for a pass because they believe because somebody told them that there were uh, Antifa guys and you could tell them because they're ha they had their MAGA hats on backwards, that that, that that was those that was the real source of the violence, even though we know the Trump supporters filmed themselves committing acts of violence, multiple acts of violence, filmed it themselves. Had their friends film them while they were doing it. Made, shared them on Parler, which they thought was private. And it turns out that not only... Here's, here's, here's your, uh, the, the Republican Patriot movement in, in, in a nutshell. Parler, the website that was built on a WordPress backing that used a... Uh, free trial version of its uh, login software, 
um, because they didn't want to pay for anything. They, they, they kept using the trial version even though they should have paid for it because they were, you know. That, that, the security was so bad and they were so lackadaisical with it that over 70 terabytes of personal users' data, their pictures and their videos was downloaded by hackers and posted on the internet. 70 terabytes. Everything on Parler was hacked and released. And what was the fallback? Parler gets pulled off, uh, you know, it gets it gets pulled down because basically it's a they're trying to foment a revolution within it. They were you know there were so many posts about armed insurrection and violence, and this time we need to go back with guns that everybody had enough. So they lost their server on Amazon. They're trying to sue over it. They'll lose. Just let you know. But where's their new server? What new server have they found themselves on? It's a Russian one. They're on a Russian server. They're sharing a server with DC leaks and WikiLeaks and because they can't or, or refuse to pay for one elsewhere. So please, if you're a conservative, think about joining the new parlor, please. I'm sure more security measures are in place and I'm sure the fact that all of your personal data is on a Russian server should be of no worry to you. Especially because it's not like Alexei Navalny and his supporters aren't going to gain some ground this year, eventually take over, and there won't be a reckoning about those people that helped keep Putin in power and the, pow- and the people he had control over. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. It's now time for the happy ending. Yay! You know, I, I think it's funny, but I think we, we had a happy starting in a lot of ways because we started off with all the executive orders that Biden has signed um, and the fact that um, they are not going to let um, they're not gonna, that Chuck Schumer is not going to let Mitch McConnell um, protect the filibuster and guarantee that it won't it's it's sacrosanct so that they have to behave since we're in a 50-50 situation they're not going to just create you know a situation where the filibuster the filibuster can just be used as a weapon. It's not going to happen. So that we we kind of started um, happy. That doesn't mean we have to end um, sad. But I will say there is a. I mean, I recommend people go on um, uh, whatever their social media of choice, you know, Twitter, what have you, and look at the amount of people who are coming out into the streets to support Alexei Navalny. His his act of bravery to return to Russia. I think is extraordinary. Just watching, um, uh, um, you know, the the him do that, people were like, "This is just, this is a mistake." But then watching how inspiring it was for all those people, um, and the fact that they're out in the streets means that there's there are movements on this earth, um, you know, where that prove that that you know. That, that time eventually brings about more, you know, positive change and, and social justice um, and, and political justice. It just some, you know, it just it may ebb and flow, but there are times when, you know, people recognize after Trump and after and, and as Putin's control over Russia is clearly winding down, that since there is no there is no direct line in their situation, there is no 
successor to Putin waiting in the wings that has the, the grip in the same way that that was Trump's problem. There is no natural successor as much as Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz are trying. They're going to fail miserably at scrounging up a small portion of the MAGA crowd that that Trump managed to BS into thinking that he was a billionaire all this time or that he was a Christian all this time. All that faux religiosity and faux wealth, you know, that gold leafed cross that he would, you know, drag around. Um, there, there's really no one around that can jump in and fill that void that his folks are going to buy, mainly because he insisted on it being all in. That the, the, the we conversation on him, it's not me, it's we, only happened when he was being attacked and never when he had success. They're not attacking me, they're attacking all of us. But, see what I did here? It's not because anybody else did it. Only I could do this thing. That in and of itself is indicative of um, the problem that they're going to have replacing Trump in the MAGA world. And the Patriot Party, as much as people talk about it, and somebody brought this up in the chat room, and like, what, what's the Patriot Party going to be modeled after? It's not going to be modeled after anything. It is simply going to be the MAGA movement with a with another label slapped on it. It will not be a functional political party. It will fall apart, uh, you know, with a lot of backbiting and infighting. It will not accomplish anything. It will be. Uh, well, I, I take that back. It will accomplish one key goal if it does actually even come out other than just a. Uh, you know, as a as a way to sell hats, the Patriot Party will sap votes away from the Republican Party, but not enough to actually gain any power. You know, it'll be like the Sedition Caucus meets the, you know, um, the the Tea Partyists um, and they just argue in a parking lot. It'll draw votes away from the Republicans, make it harder and harder for them to do the regular order of business and increasingly make it, I, I think, obvious to the average American that the Republican Party has not been about the act of governing for decades. I mean, I, I would argue that you trace it back to Ronald Reagan saying, you know, the, the scariest nine words are I'm from the government and I'm here to help you, that whole idea that, you know, that, that first of all, that the American people would feel that about their government is sad and pathetic and doesn't mean you have the government do less things. It means you need you have a you might have a competency problem. And and since you're in office, that's your job to fix it. It's not that people should go, oh, God, the government's coming. They should go, oh, good. They're doing the job. Cool. We don't need them all the time. But when they when we do need them, they're there. That's, you know, that a lot of aspects of of government are in case of emergency break glass in that regard. And you want competency there. But when you have a Republican Party running on the idea that government can't do anything right, that no matter what, the government always fails, it will never do things as good as business. So I am leaving and, and this is their this is their pitch for you to vote for them. So I am leaving the the world of private industry and seeking public office. Please elect me to office so that I can prove to you that government can't do anything right. And that is effectively how they govern. And the 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 whole idea that you know um, that was presented by um, you know the Republicans that you should, you need to have a, a government that's small. You need a small government. We're small government. Small government. 
small, obviously, you know, small enough to try and fit inside a woman's womb and tell her what to do. Obviously, is that's the small we're talking about. But small in terms of, um, I think the phrase was small enough to drown in a bathtub while running as the National Security Party. Um, And let me be abundantly clear. As civil society grows and as warfare becomes more asymmetrical, uh, asymmetrical, economic and and digital. And those digital and, and economic impacts have real life impacts on the health and physical well-being of the average American and the average members of most countries. It will become sneakier and more dangerous. And so having a government you can drown in a bathtub that there is no way a government that size can deal with the economic warfare and the cyber warfare that is coming our way over the next few decades. You don't need bloated bureaucracy, but you also don't need a skeletal government dealing with um, the roided out threat of Russian cyber attacks. When when a country with a, an economy smaller than that of Italy, can stage some of the worst attacks on our infrastructure, shutting down you know, hospital record systems and electric systems. Um, having a government so small you can drown it in a bathtub seems like it's part of their plan. What you want is refined competency. You don't need bloated bureaucracy, but you need everybody who's in there wants to do their job well and is doing the best job they possibly can. That's the message of Joe Biden. That's the message of his presidency. That's the value of the people that he's bringing in. Competent people who desire to do their job well in every area. Recognizing competency where it exists and saying, I'm signing an executive order so that there are all these different areas of government, from agricultural to defense, um, to the IRS, to uh, you know HUD. All of them can have ways that they can promote the economy and its recovery during this time. No one person who is you know in those organizations knows better than somebody in another area how to affect their system. So allow the competency to grow, and we're going to see a lot of that. And we will parallel track that with the lawsuits, personal, you know, civil and criminal against Trump and his organization over the next few months. There's your happy ending. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And um, I will see you guys next Saturday, of course, live streaming every day. Um, Today, tonight, though, is Sexy Liberal. SexyLiberal.com slash tour is the tour section. Please go there. Get a ticket. The show's going to be great, if I do say so myself. And um, I will see the rest of you during the regular uh, weekly stream. And uh, stay tuned for Dick K if you're listening in Chicago. your face in the mirror. You see all those wrinkles around your eyes? How about crow's feet or large under eye bags? Well, imagine they're gone. And I'm not talking about some risky, expensive surgery. Just gone in minutes. It's called Plexiderm. 
a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags in minute. It's, it's the edge you're looking for. Simply put, you'll be blown away by the results. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself out at work or with friends. The best part is Plexiderm goes on clear so nobody knows you're using it, unless of course you tell them, which is sort of bragging. Go to triplexiderm.com and use my code SEXYLIBERAL for 50% off plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning code SEXYLIBERAL. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit triplexiderm.com today and use the code SEXYLIBERAL at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com.